0: Listen to us over the last year. We've made it very clear that our goal is to change the perception, change the negative narrative that often looms over West Virginia like a misty fog after a big storm. So we've spoken with guests after guests, listening and learning about what they're doing to help the effort. And today, we've got another great guest,
1: somebody who's making a major impact in every corner of the state. Nikki Bowman Mills is the founder, editor, and publisher of New South Media, which organizes several publications like West Virginia Living and Wonderful West Virginia. She's incredibly passionate about the state and through her work is creating meaningful change while improving the state's image.
0: We'll also discuss some summer tips, places to go, things to do in West Virginia as the summer starts to wind down. So kick back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast, sponsored by Mr. B, the only potato chip made in the great state of West Virginia. Mace, hit the music. sun does not always shine in West Virginia, but the people always do. Okay, everybody, thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Metro Media Podcast. Nikki Bowman-Mills, founder and publisher of New South Media, which is a uh, Uh, An umbrella term, as you were just saying, there's a lot underneath that. I think you guys are doing a lot. You personally are doing a lot, a lot going on. Um, But one of those publications is West Virginia Living, which is kind of how we found you in the first place. Um, We'll we'll, we'll talk about all of that. But let's kind of start. How was your fourth? Did you enjoy the weekend? And did you get out and do anything?
2: Oh, I had a great fourth. I have a a cabin in Tucker County and that's where I go to decompress and and unwind. So I was fortunate to get to be in really cool weather and, um, and surrounded by, you know, incredible scenery. So it was wonderful.
0: Escape to the mountains. I think that is always like the key for everybody. If you can hit the water or escape to the mountains, that's always the best way to do it.
2: Absolutely.
0: Um, well, so we, um, it's actually funny because we had a lot of credit goes to our producer, Mason Jack, who's not on here right now. He's kind of listening in from behind, but he was the one that said, Hey, we need to reach out to, to Nikki because of the, the, he actually caught your summer 2021 or your summer 2021 edition, your editor's letter. And it kind of gave your full backstory, where you grew up, but why you came back to West Virginia, why you started New South Media, and a lot of it kind of resonates with us. And we're like, "This is perfect! Like, let's stop the 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 negative stereotypes. Let's stop talking about the bad stuff, and let's get into action, doing some good, positive stuff." And that has kind of been your mo from day one, hasn't it?
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean, that when I started um, my company, which is New South Media, and before you know, we even published our first magazine. Uh, the first one being West West Virginia Living Magazine. Mm-hmm. My mission was to change perceptions of West Virginia, and not just how other people from the outside looked at us, but how we looked at ourselves as West Virginians. And I felt like that was, you know, that was our biggest challenge. Honestly, it was changing how we told our own stories and how and. And, and to me, you know, that's something that drives every single thing that comes out of my office. And um, and it has to answer that question. Does this change perceptions? And um, does this make us feel prouder, uh, live better, make better decisions? Um, and yeah, you know, one of the, the key words you said um, that really resonated with me is, is is action. You know, a lot of people like to talk. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's not a lot of um, action Mm -hmm. and I really do believe that that that's important we we can make changes we just you know have to act Mm
1: -hmm. I think it's incredibly important too um, Nikki is that like you said uh you just had the urge to like do it yourself, like build, build the infrastructure, be the communications channel. Because I think what happens to West Virginia is that we get talked about by other national news organizations and we almost get told what we are, what we think, the condition of our people, all these different types of things. Um, and it becomes like this narrative and it becomes a caricature of West Virginia culture. And you see it, it's just like a packageable thing that national media plays about West Virginia and the story comes out. It makes sense. I've spoke about this before. it's the same theory. It's like the Florida man. There's always some Florida man doing something bizarre, It's because it's a very packageable, easy to sell media like storyline. So I think that happens to West Virginia, which just increases the importance of local voices being upheld, storytelling from people that are in the state. Um, robust digital communication and print media around the issues that we're facing on the inside saying hey look we're going to write our own story we're not going to be told you know what we're thinking feeling and what our future should be based upon you know whatever other people think Um, how did you come to that that sounds like a loft that's an ambitious thing growing up in you know did you like storytelling did you like media like how did you arrive at this kind of profession
2: well, you know, I, I grew up, um, my early years, I, I, my family, for as long as I can go back, uh, we're from Clay County. Um, mm-hmm. later, my family moved, stayed along the Elk river and we moved to the Elk view pinch area. But, um, you know, uh, so I was always surrounded by incredible stories. You know, I remember, you know, my my family I grew up in a place called jumping gut and near booger hole and definitely <laughs> Booger Token, hole.
0: That's it. So, yeah. You
2: know, that was a good one. so I always laugh. I'm like, I had to be a writer, you know. That that creative uh, energy had to come from somewhere. But um, but yeah, you know, growing up in rural Appalachia, you know, I I hadn't when we would go on family vacation, we would go to the same place. We'd go to the beach, you know. We never, you know, as a as a child, I I had never been to Lewisburg. I had never been to the Eastern Panhandle. Um, of West Virginia or the Northern Panhandle. I had right. never seen any place of West Virginia outside of maybe Morgantown, mm-hmm. Charleston, and my home, you know, hometown. And, um, and I, I remember when I first moved back, so it's been 13 years ago that I moved back to start my company, and, um, and I was in Lewisburg for the very first time. And I thought, how in the world, if I had known Lewisburg existed, I would never have left West Virginia, right. yeah. you know? And so I thought, if I have this problem, you know, of not really knowing my, my own home state, because I had, you know, I had lived outside, I had left West Virginia after college, and i would lived in Chicago, I was a magazine editor there, then um, then Washington, D.C., then Mississippi, before I moved back to actually launch my own company. But I kept thinking, if I didn't know that this existed in my own state, surely there are other people like me right. that really it, it would change what you felt. You would, you would have a better appreciation of being um, a West Virginian and what that means because our state is richly diverse. I mean, mm-hmm. West Virginia is very different than the Northern Panhandle, than the Eastern Panhandle, than than um the potomac highlands you know and we have all of this and just easily easy to access
0: yeah i think one of our angles too has been piggybacking off of that it sounds like a lot of what you wanted to show the the locations of west virginia the the beauty the scenery of west virginia and one of the things that we're kind of aiming after with this podcast too is like getting showing the people of West Virginia so you know I think that's just another side of that and that's kind of where we felt like we could kind of pick up and and you know continue the discussion there are just so many influential people not just in the state but nationally that kind of dictate headlines at the national level I know you talked about Brad Smith and your episode or in your your publication and and you know the guys like John Chambers and even Dr. Clay Marsh who is well-known across the national landscape now and, you know, presidents of universities throughout the country. So um, it is just, there is, you can find so much, you can take away so much from West Virginia through its people and through its places. And I do think that that's probably why people like us have this deep connection because we all see that, how the the natural beauty of the state and the natural beauty of its people as well. We just get so infatuated with this and it becomes infectious that we want to show it to people. We want to tell people, look, how great this place actually is. So stop, you know, crap it on us, I guess. <laughs> right.
2: Well, it, our places and people, I mean, we're so intertwined, you know, with, with um, West Virginia living, we're always about telling um, not just the stories of our communities, but also yes, our, our people, our small businesses, our, you know, whether it's a mom and pop restaurant or, uh, but it all builds community, right? You know, and that is what what's um, so important. We're, we're really rooted people. Um, it's it's really interesting because our sense of place, our pride of place is, um, it's unlike any other place in, in the country. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really, Um, I think back on my upbringing and you know when I travel home and it just those memories they've made me and it's not just those memories it's my grandparents my great-grandparents you know it's this sense of stories that have been passed down uh, from generation to generation you know Brett you um, interviewed Brad Smith I mean his love of place led him back you know Mm -hmm. it's um, so it is really it is really important.
1: Yeah. I mean, spot on. Like you said, I mean, and it's very, um, it, it ties back to our, you know, like every culture, I would say, loves family. I doubt there's a culture out there. It's like, you know what? Screw family. Like everyone like loves family. But West Virginia does seem like a place where it's like it very much is steeped in traditions. Um, it does seem like, you know, everyone can like reference like a person that someone knows almost like some odds are if you go out to them, like you probably know somebody that knows somebody anywhere in the state. Like I don't know of any other place in the like, what, you know, the country that could probably pull that off better than West Virginia. Um, yeah. and I'm a fellow Elk river, I live in make shoals where my, uh Mom and Dad, so I grew up on the on the Elk River as well. um But let me ask you this: How difficult is it, because our culture, you know, does value tradition and history and family, that does present a challenge to change and evolve and grow? Because it's like, like myself, like I can say, my grandparents, my grandmother was born in a coal camp. She had their family were paid in coal script, not real money, fake money that the government that the coal companies gave their family. And if the father, likely or the husband or the dad was killed or injured in the coal mines too bad you're kicked out very tough conditions I can be prideful of that experience as a family but I can't latch on to coal mining um, or I think what happens in a phenomenon in West Virginia is that we latch on to these ideas and morals and legends and values and somewhat resist change and that's like I think a lot of the criticism of West Virginia now is that hey like look like we can evolve to be a different state more progressive not in a political sense but just in a a business environment, all these different aspects. How how do you capture those stories or in your opinion, do you see that when you're talking with people and, and reporting on stories and covering different issues?
2: Yeah, you know, it, it is interesting because that question is something um, that weighs heavily on me. I mean, it's something I think about a lot. Um, and because you see a couple of things and I can just speak for my own family. Um, you know, sometimes there is, you run up against this, the attitude of, well, this is the way we always have done it. This is the way we do it because this is the way we have done it. Mm -hmm. And that is a very frustrating, um, answer to me because I, I never, um, that's not how I operate. Right. Right. And, um, and I've, I've thought a lot about how do you, how do you change that, you know? And, and i don't know that i have the answers i know that it is through you know when we can tell stories of people who are um, making those changes or or helping us to think outside the box or think creatively um you know we can inspire change and Mm -hmm. one of the things that you know that really interests me it's one i i started an initiative i don't know (laughs) six or seven years ago called turn this town around mm-hmm. and um, and turn this town around came about because honestly I was driving through Grafton and I thought, man, this is an amazing community. What would it take, you know, to turn it around? And so I approached one um, um, talked to Mary Hunt first and I said, I have this idea. I'm really interested in creating kind of a living laboratory how to look at towns and figure out how do we really take these towns that have seen better days um, that are just skeletons of themselves and how do we turn them around instead of just putting words to it actual Mm -hmm. action you know to it and so she connected me with the hub with the community development hub and um, and then we kind of brainstormed this, this program with Turn This Town Around and Grafton ended up being uh, one of our first towns as did um, as did Maidwan. And part of what I was really interested in was this of hearing what towns, uh, communities, what they wanted to see and change, you know, change for their community, and um, and having done this for you know a couple of years, there were things that just seemed to always um, come up in conversation. But I also was really curious that what is holding us back? And one of the things that uh, became evident pretty early on is that you know, honestly, sometimes it's the elected officials um, yeah. that are the first naysayers that say nope. That's not how, this, this isn't how um, this works. It's not how right. we've done it in the past. It doesn't work. Yes. And it kind of you know puts the fire out when, when you've got some community members who are really jazzed to, to get involved. So it was um, an incredible process to go through and see how um, transformation worked and didn't work. And part of what we did was we brought this level of accountability. So we told the stories. Good, bad, ugly, whatever happened, we shared the story. So if there was um, an elected official or someone holding the community back or saying no, we can't do it, we told the story. If there was a community person who was really taking the bulls by the horn and you know, and and um, moving ahead, we told that story, and it was it was amazing. I mean, I learned a lot about people and it sometimes those movers and shakers are not the, the folks that are in office and they're not the folks who you think, um, they will be, they could be a librarian. It could be, you know, it, they came once they, you know, got a hold of something and really got excited. Um, they came from all different places. Yeah. So I do think, um, you know, your original question about how do you change, we have to get in there, experiment, listen, but we also have to provide some vision. And that is, you know, many people in our small communities, just like how I grew up, we had never, you know, seen other places to even have something to compare it to. Could, um Grafton be in Asheville could, you know, when you are a small business owner, you're busy Running your business. You don't have time to go to other um, small communities to see. Oh, what's this community doing that? Maybe I could bring back to my community to help it. So, you know, part of what I see our mission. um, uh, With my company is to is to help um, Help provide that vision by elevating, you know, elevating stories and saying, look, you know, this can be an inspiration for you too. This is something you can take home.
1: What is up, guys? This is the Mountaineer Roasting Coffee Break. What's stopping you right now from pulling out your iPhone and going to mountaineerroasting.com? I can't think of a single thing because if you do that and you use code MEDIA15, you will save 15% off delicious roasted coffee. They fly it in from all over the world. They hand roast it in West Virginia. Rusty and the crew up there said, hey, look, we're gonna give your listeners 15% off if they use code MEDIA15. That's M-E-D-I-A number one, number five, and you save 15% off and you can get it shipped right to your house. It's delicious, it's great coffee. Go to mountaineerroasting.com to order your coffee right now using code MEDIA15 to get 15% off. Thank you guys. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I, I completely agree, And one of the um one of the things that you pointed out was that often, you know, politics moves slower than non-politics profits and individuals, private businesses, the private sector individuals, Peggy down the street who saw a problem with lack of, you know, food in her community decided to make a, you know, give away baked goods and run a little kitchen out of her house that can move a lot quicker in government. Um, not that we don't need them, but it, it's, it does, I can see where that phenomenon does occur, um, you know, w- within West Virginia culture, within any, I think, but you know, it can work to our benefit. I mean, we can be more towns can be a little bit more lean. We can move a little bit quicker. We're not trying to fix the Los Angeles, you know, traffic problem. We're trying to figure out how can we get three or four restaurants in, you know, Ripley, West Virginia, right? We're much more, I think. Homegrown tangible problems. Not that the state doesn't have national-level problems, but I think we can implement stuff more locally. But you're right. If I don't know about what's going on, or if I if I, need, if I could read the playbook of a successful small town, and if I could hear the stories, that makes it a lot easier and speeds up, you know, a certain area or region or industries, um, you know, implementation of those changes.
2: Right, right, and it's it's important. I mean, you when you look at the success stories, like you guys are doing with your wonderful podcast. I mean, of championing, um, you know, other people and and what they, you know, the lessons that they've learned. You're sharing that out, um, educating folks, but also you're you're inspiring other people to say, "I can do that too. I right. can um, I can learn from that." Um, and and in doing that, we move the state forward. We build a better state. And I feel like if we all really focused on building a better state. And that means every single one of us, you know, can do that. Stop, like I said in my editor's note that what you referenced earlier, you know, stop with the negative talk. If someone mm-hmm. is bashing West Virginia, you step in and say, yeah. you know, join in the joke and, and pass it on. As little as that sounds, it helps change the dialogue. It mm-hmm. helps change the messaging that we're putting out there. Um, you know we if you talk as much as i do to people outside of west virginia who come into our state they're like this is amazing you're a (laughs) hidden gem we love west virginia often they'll say what are you talking about negative stereotypes they really i would say 90 percent of the people that i have interviewed and i have talked to say they really had no perception of of west virginia you know so that comes back to my point of changing how we see and view ourselves as west virginians whether that is that you were born bred here or that you right. chose to live in west virginia you know that's that's really important too it's it's embracing um, embracing who you know who we are in a positive um, a positive way i really believe we can create we co- should create solutions instead of criticizing and you know peter i we don't do that you know we don't talk about addressing you know issues or unless we have a solution
1: right and to me there's a time and place for everything like i mean it's not that like or it's not that um you know we've covered complex, you know, harsh. We've covered mental health. We've called drug, drug addiction. We've, you know, clean energy. Like we've covered and interviewed people that have opinions on these issues. Um, but, but like you said, it doesn't have to be not the drumbeat of like the negative news or like the being the 49th on every list doesn't have to be every single piece of media that we see. And that does seep in over time. If that's like what you just see and absorb, I could see where that obviously, um, you know, can influence you um, and change your perception.
2: Um, I, that's my escape. It's my, it's my, uh, it's my happy place for sure. I I love, um, I love to hike. I love to fly fish. Um, I, um, yeah, it's where I decompress. You sometimes it, it was funny when I, when I first bought the cabin, I, um, I loved being able to go and not run into anyone that I knew, like I could be wearing a baseball cap and, and sweatpants and go into the grocery store and nobody would pitch me stories, you know? (laughs) um, But now that's changed (laughs) a little bit. So now I'm recognizable in my baseball cap um, and my sweatpants and I I still, I still get it. So, but I do kind of hole up. I love to be on Dolly Sods. I like to be in the river um, as much as I can Mm -hmm. and and try to get there.
0: Some of these, the the travel things that you guys do, you do a lot of lifestyle, uh, you know, great interviews in depth. You've done the, the Wonder Woman project, but some of like the travel tips, like things to do this summer, best places to visit in the fall. You know, a lot of those, I think you you kind of rank and rate and and like, you know, have runners ups. How much does it take? How much planning and, you know, digging does it take? What kind of team does that take to put all that together?
2: Yeah. um, Well, we, you know, I, I'm on the road quite a bit, Um, and uh, as are my. You know, we have. I have a a photographer on staff too, Um, and we have a couple of editors that hit the road as well. And we, our whole office um, is always uh, looking for those those hidden gems, those places. um, You know, just just to be able to share the story. Like maybe you didn't know this this existed. So. Um, It takes a lot, but you know, people are great. I mean, I have a lot of readers who will send us um, messages just saying, Hey, this just opened up. You need to come and check this out. So we've got an incredible network uh, around the state that are always um, sending us stories and and great ideas and and letting us know what we should be sharing out.
0: Yeah. Okay. So easy question. 2021 summer advice. What else can people do and what what else is there out there in, in West Virginia that, uh, you know, here in July, people should get out and try and explore.
2: Oh, well, in, in July, I always head to, to the mountains where it's about 10 or 15 degrees cooler. So, you know, we're we're based in Morgantown. When I was um, last week for 4th of July, I, I couldn't believe I um, had to wear a jacket to go watch the fireworks. It was so daggone chilly. Um, it was like in the 50s. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I don't know how hot it was here in Morgantown. But the mountains, uh, of course, offer just a great place to, to cool off, uh, for sure. Um, adventures you know, on the New River, or that's a, it's an amazing time to be there in, the, in and around Fayetteville. Um, I also, I have a special place in, in my heart for uh, Southern West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So I like heading down to Mercer County, Bluefield, Bramwell, um, those areas, I mean, the architecture in in Bramall is just amazing. It's the quintessential, like, just storybook small town, you know, with the brick streets, the beautiful houses, and of course, um, now they have a Hatfield and McCoy trail that dumps out there. Mm-hmm. So there's so many awesome, awesome places uh, to go.
1: I wonder. What do you think you're um, like, what's the measure of success? Because we often speak about like West Virginia, like hoping to be better than what it is. And then, but the, in the same time, we say it's great how it is, or there, there are great things, but like, how do we judge or how do we know, like what are the improvements that we can make and how do we know if we've even make them right? Like, is it, is it economic numbers purely? Is it, you know, job rates? Is it death per capita? You know, like what are the, I'm just yeah. curious, like it, it's a tough question to answer. And there, there likely is no answer, but I'm um, just kind of thinking out loud. It's to me, it's just like, it's, difficult to for us to know when and how we've improved and if everybody sees those improvements right is it only the top one percent of income earners that see those improvements all right what about the other people in West Virginia that their life experiences still might suck right so it's like to me I always just think about like measurable ways that we can um, at least track these efforts that we all are like speaking into existence
2: you know I think one it is retaining our talent, our youth, um, our young folks, you know, I think we can measure, measure that. I think you uh, we also need to really be embracing and teaching entrepreneurship. Um, You know, gone are the days of graduating from college and thinking, okay, someone's going to provide a job for me. I think we need to be training the next generations to be job creators. Mm -hmm. Um, and to want to do that here in West Virginia. So those numbers, you know, you can, um, we will be able to track. I think, um, you know, there are, there are a couple of things that, diversity um, that have been weighing, you know, heavily on me. Um, I think as we, we need to be more, we need to be more in, inviting um to other other people and um and have more diversity in our communities because we all benefit from that right so i think those are things that we can we can measure and and move towards Um, i think you know my some of my frustrations quite honestly are when the legislature is in session um i feel like you know everything we do is to change perceptions and move the state forward and then Sometimes it feels like, you know, in the matter of two or three months, um, the, the decisions that are coming out of Charleston make it even harder. And so like I get
1: some stupid bill. Yeah.
2: Yes. I get really frustrated by that and think sometimes though, we we got to step into it and voice those frustrations. You know, it, it isn't, every state has its challenges. And um, I recently made a comment. I, I was really frustrated that the, tax on buying guns and uh, ammunition was removed Mm -hmm. and i went out you know pretty publicly about that and questioned it and i said and i'm someone i love to shoot i just bought for for my birthday i have uh, i'm an i'm an independent so i feel like i can i can talk about both sides and um and i just bought a gun um a new uh, sporting clay shotgun I never once thought, gosh, I won't buy this because I have to pay taxes on it or pay taxes on my ammunition. Now, guns and ammunition were short, hard to find, uh, right. but that's a separate issue. But it really, to me, that sin was unnecessary, you know. And what came out of it was, you know, a lot of folks were like, "This is the way we bring manufacturers in, and this is my second right, you know, my Second Amendment rights." And I was like, "It has nothing to do with
1: right. that." Right? Yeah. <laughs>
2: You know, so I do feel like sometimes, you know, you, we do things that, um, we make decisions that do make it hard to market the state um, and draw in those things that we need um, to do to move forward. And then sometimes we, we make really great decisions. But as a state, we have to be able to look at those decisions, own them and say, yeah, you know what, maybe that wasn't the best decision, let's correct course. And we have to have that self um, reflection and look at what is driving our decision making. And when we come, when we make decisions from the right place, we move our state forward. When we don't, we're taking steps back. And it doesn't matter if you're a Republican Mm -hmm. or a Democrat, same thing applies.
1: Right, I mean, look i mean i I've, I've said before you know I feel like I'm an independent as well, and we have politicians on here, so I don't want to trash talk politicians too much, but only a politician w- would be the type of person that starts a fire and then puts it out and then like wants credit for putting it out so like so there is an element of like yeah like why did why are we even looking at that like okay, like we're claiming these like moral victories, but like it does it is frustrating for folks that feel like we're we're sometimes we look at our state leaders to like fix things, change culture, change society, bring about, you know, a new era in the state. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if I have as much faith and I want to put in government and in, in order to solve that, I, I tend to think it's, it's people, it's individuals, it's, it's efforts, it's communities, um, that will change that. Um, what well, do you you're
2: absolutely right? Uh, I mean, I think it is, uh, but, but it makes it harder on those of us who are trying to change, um, right. you know, change the narrative. Right. And um, so, yeah, we, it, it is, um, we've got a lot of great things um, going for us um, as a state. And um, I think everything, if we're all rowing the boat in the same direction, we will just get there so much faster. And that, to me, is, you know, part of why we're always telling, telling the state story is to say, look, here are, here are things that we can we can all unite around and not be divided by. Mm -hmm. And I think especially, you know, given the last couple of years, um, we've seen some incredible division in the country. And what I would love to see is for us to, you know, really unite around some common goals and put those differences aside. So kind of meet in the middle and move forward.
1: Right.
0: Everybody needs a hype man. And I think that's maybe where we kind of get some of our inspiration. I'm sure you too. (laughs) Like everybody needs the, like the, the inspirational, you know, the motivational boost, right? From, from whatever it is you're reading or consuming content. So, um, you know, do you think that it is like, is it our job to tell people what is like, where that vision should be or who is it? that should even formulate that vision at all? And how do we kind of pick up those oars and row faster towards that singular direction, if that makes sense?
2: Well, I think, you know, with really good leadership in, in the state, I think that no matter if it's on a local, a city, maybe, you know, whatever level, you know, we, we need um, leaders that can really inspire us and unite us. You know, that, that's important, I think. Um, but from where we are as telling, you know, in the media and telling those stories, all we can do is, is champion those who are, you know, I like to say we, possibilitarians, you know, people who see possibilities where others don't. And by telling those stories of of those people, uh, you know, others can take some inspiration from it. And, and that's our job here, You know, I, at least that's what I think. That's our, that's our world.
0: I'm not sure if you've coined that or registered that with a great little great trademark, term. a possibilitarian that's the term yeah. of the century, I think for West Virginia.
2: It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's on my desk. <laughs> I like
0: it. I like it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, because like you can only hope that, look, we're going to tell these stories and I, you know, let's hope that it catches fire and inspires one person to to be that person that says, screw it, I'm going to do it. Right. I mean, that, that's all we can generally hope. We can't make people do things. There's not going to be good leadership does help, but good leadership will inspire people to, you know, seek um, advancement and progress for themselves, not necessarily to follow whatever that leader says that we need to do. Um, but it, it should inspire and facilitate, um, you know, some sort of direction, I guess, uh, for the state. Um, what are you most optimistic about? We're coming in, West Virginia is coming in. Um, we've had a lot of national new stuff, different projects, different stuff coming to the state. What are you, um, anything in particular that you're most optimistic about as we head into 20, the end of 2021?
2: Well, I think, you know, what we've learned post pandemic, you know, even during the pandemic is we saw people, I mean, I saw this in Tucker County. I saw it in Morgantown. I see it um, with more people showing interest in West Virginia um, through the Ascend West Virginia program, you know, we do have a lot of um, national coverage that is positive. Look look at West Virginia, consider um, what West Virginia has to offer. Just the changes, um, even in the amount of people that when I go to my cabin, um, it's, it's it's crazy how many people are coming to West Virginia for the first time. Mm-hmm. So we have an incredible opportunity to be put our best, you know, put forward, um, be very welcoming, um, and you know that's the first step in drawing people to our state. So I'd love to see, and what I'm optimistic about is changing the number. Instead of being the state that's losing the most population, it's to try to change that number and start gaining. Uh, population. I think, you know, one of the things is you watch what's going on out west with droughts and wildfires and short. You know, we've got plenty of water. We had, don't have natural disasters in every in every month. You know, we have a lot of things that um, folks are really are looking for right now, and um, I and I, I'm really excited about that because with that, you know, comes new ideas um new new energy sometimes it's it's tough and you know when we go to towns and folks are tired you know you you get the Mm -hmm. same people doing the same thing and they keep they're carrying their flag their community flag and they're trying to 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 make change and it's a lonely place if you you know you're you don't have a a deep bench uh, often in many of our our towns and it's they're exhausted so as we can attract new new people to West Virginia, it brings new energy that can help spark more ideas and help, um, you know, help the folks that are already here on the ground, move some of those dreams and um, ideas forward.
0: Yeah, well, you've done an an incredible job of championing those people and those places that are deserving of, you know, a, a pat
1: on the back. And we thank you for it. Hola friends, Cooper here for another quick break here on the Mountaineer Media Podcast, and I want to talk to you about our partners. These are not your traditional ad reads that annoy you and that are not relevant to your life. These are our partnership announcements, and we have two that I want to talk about. Let's start with Ray's Rub. Ray's Rub is an original West Virginia recipe that has like 21 different components. It's a family recipe from Brody uh, Prudnik. He's a great guy. His father started it decades ago, and he's carrying on the legacy, and it goes great with beef, chicken, anything else you're cooking. So go to Amazon and it'll be at your house the next two days, I think. You can order it maybe the next day, depending on where you live order it it's delicious again it goes on everything and it's called Ray's rub so search that on amazon and a big bottle for 15 no it's not even that it's 12 dollars for a huge premium bottle that you'll just have flavorful food for months to come so get that out it's a lot of grilling this summer and uh you'll be the guy or gal that impresses everybody with the Ray's rub so let's also talk about mountaineer employment solutions do you need a job because if you do, there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't go over to BeAMountaineer.com. BeAMountaineer.com is where you'll find information about the different openings that they're working with small businesses on. So whether that's a general labor, dental hygienist, you know, whatever it may be, go over there see if they can find a job for you. If you're also listening to this and you're like, you know what, Cooper, I don't need a job. I'm actually a business owner. Great, that's beautiful. Do you have to hire employees? Boom, Mountaineer Employment Solutions will help you do that. They will hire them. They will do the admin work, the payroll, the background checks, all the nitty gritty stuff that you don't have time for. They will help you do that. So again, same website, go to beamountaineer.com and get a conversation started with Julia or Bill or any of the team members over at Mountaineer Employment Solutions, and they will help set you up. They're incredible people, they're employing West Virginia, and they're making dreams come true in the mountain states. So we're so appreciative of Raise Rub Mountaineer Employment Solutions, and of course, Mountaineer Roasting Company and Mr. B, because these are not our ad reads, these are our proud partners. We truly, truly believe in that. They support us and we want to pass this value along to you and your family and your friends or whoever the heck else you think uh would find this beneficial so put them onto it BeMountaineer.com. shop Raise Rub on amazon sorry for repeating but it helps you remember it and they're awesome so please support them all right guys i will quit rambling let's get right back to the episode with nikki bowman mills on the mountaineer media podcast see you
0: is there anything that you're working on right now that you'd like to kind of get out there tell us a little bit about new south media and some of the other projects that you're working on you know what is it uh that's taking the most of your attention as we speak
2: so um so we publish you know we've been talking a lot about west virginia living magazine Mm -hmm. and um but we also have a morgantown magazine for north central west virginia and then i have a weddings uh magazine comes out twice a year called west virginia weddings and then we also do for the state wonderful West Virginia, which mm-hmm. is the oldest um, magazine in in the state. And that's pretty spectacular. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a great piece. It was one that I used to sit at my grandmother's table and I would type on an old typewriter the stories. I, I, I was four or five years old. So to be able to be the editor of that publication was um, is pretty special and, um, and really to champion our outdoor lifestyle. Um, I I love that, that piece and it has a really, um, it has a great following, you know, people who have gotten the magazine for 40, 50 years, they're very, um, they're great readers. They always write me, uh, write letters. So they read every single word. I I love that readership.
0: Yeah. All Um, right. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: So, um, but yeah, we've got a couple of other, you know, initiatives that we're working on. Come Home WB is one. It's hashtag Come Home WB. It's an initiative that we're launching through West Virginia Living to attract, you know, folks who have left the state or are wanting to move back. It's kind of something that um, ties in to um, what Ascend West Virginia is doing, but really it's it is, um, it's something we've been working on for a couple of years. Um, excited about that. We're gonna be telling a lot of stories with people why they came home to West Virginia or why they want to come home to mm-hmm. West Virginia. So excited about that. And we've got a couple other good, good stuff uh, coming on uh, online here. We just, my, my husband and I bought a series, 10 buildings, um, warehouses in Granville. So we're directly across um, the river from the Coliseum. And we put um, one of the buildings we turned into the our headquarters for New South Media. Another building uh, we've got Appalachian Mercantile um, coming in. This is um, JQ Dickinson Salt, Nancy mm-hmm. um, Dickinson, and Joe um, or Nancy um, Burns and Joe Woods is moving into that space. It's going to be really cool, but this whole we're calling it new south square and it really is a turn this town around project we've become a living laboratory for how do you take um a main street you know that doesn't have any businesses on it and um and put them there and draw people and become a destination so i'm excited about that we're not you know we're not a typical media company uh, at all we don't want to be but um economic development is really important to us and and um, and being involved uh in in creating those stories too. So, the so next time you're in Morgantown, you have to come check us out.
0: That is yeah, freaking awesome. Yeah. That is incredible.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome stuff. Well, I mean, look, I mean, I think we're on the same page. I think we're trying to do a lot of the same stuff with different initiatives and in the partnerships of we build out with small businesses and. You've got 15 bloggers that write for mountaineermedia.org. so i mean like um i you know you're an inspiration to us because we're trying to do similar stuff so you know we appreciate you coming on and sharing it and then um let's hope for the best i mean let's continue to be the people let's be the change that we want to see um i think you're doing it and you know the state is better off for your efforts uh, uh podcast.
2: Well, very proud of what you guys are doing. I love, uh, love listening and um, and uh, love, love the storytelling and and keep up the good work.
0: Nikki Bowman Mills, writing about West Virginia since she was four years old. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Mountaineer Media podcast. Nikki, thank you for coming on and sharing some of your great stories and your just your thoughts in general. The passion oozes from you. Your love for West Virginia is so evident and so clear. We just felt when we kind of connected with you and, you know, first learned about you and really read that editor's note that you put in your last West Virginia living that we had to get you on the podcast. It just felt like it had to happen, and we're glad that the stars aligned and that it did. So thank you for sharing some of your wisdom and some of that passion with us. Hopefully you felt that it was well worth the time and well worth the effort. So, again, we thank you. So, And thank you for everyone else who's listened so far. Hopefully you enjoyed that with Nikki Bowman Mills. And, you know, we're just going to keep on rolling here. We've got another busy month. We've got a couple of other things lined up, but uh, stick with us. More to come, as always,
2: right here on the Mountaineer Media Podcast.